Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. I'm Carl Edwards. Carl, I'm excited about today. We're starting our new series on hard facts about working with people. Yes. To which I might add, not such a stretch, hard facts, working with people. What's this about? Well, if I had a nickel for every time someone said, ah, you help people work better together, how do you talk people into dealing with people facts? That's the soft side of business. I'd be a millionaire because nothing could be farther from the truth. Working with people is not the soft side. It's the it's the hard side. It's the it's where the rubber meets the road. Why do you think that working with people has um, gotten this reputation for the soft side of business? I think there's a couple things behind that. One has to do with it's not easy to quantify financially. The important reality of being in business is being able to measure how you're doing and what it's going to cost to get somewhere, and that's a, a vital component too the bottom line. And the bottom line is important. And when you talk about giving someone a day off or motivating someone or not yelling at someone, there's, it's not easy to quantify what it's costing you or what kind of benefit you're getting out of them working harder. Another side of it is just that it is so much extra work. You can't just focus on what you're doing. You have to think about what makes unique other people tick, your team in particular. And many of us don't know how to go there. We either don't want to go there. We just don't know how to go there. So we kind of have mentally without giving it too much thought, shifted it off to something we can delegate to the HR department. Right. And they take care of that side of how people are feeling about their work um, for us. Well, I've got to tell you the HR people have a problem because I've never met anyone who liked their human resources department. (laughs) (laughs) There does seem to be a, a, a uh, division between those things that are the things you absolutely have to do, the laws governing an an employee, and then this division of just being able to work with them. Yeah. And I think we, I think our team's into it, whether we get that or we don't get that. And they can feel that um, they do feel less important part of the team when those issues are something that they need to go talk to somebody in another department about in order to get dealt with instead of right there on the spot in the relationship that you're trying to collaborate in the context of. Well, I'm surprised at how much this ties into our conversation in our last series about influence, how it's very hard for us to not control our employees. And why do you think that is, that we automatically want to have control over what they do? Well, we're trying to make things happen. We are trying to accomplish certain goals and achieve certain things on behalf of the company, on behalf of our own career, and that's significant to stay very goal-oriented and to be able to measure that as much as possible. But when it comes to people, they're, they're a wild card. They're different from us, and it involves a certain amount of risk to when the task in front of you is more than you can do yourself. To get the collaboration of others involves taking risks on whether they're going to um, get it right, whether they're going to learn it quickly, uh, whether they're going to bog down and their attitude is going to drag everyone down. You know, so many things can go right and wrong that we, in order to avoid all the negative risks, we avoid all the positive potential of what working with more than just ourselves can do for us. Well, it seems like the reality is we need other people. Exactly. And that's what we mean by hard facts. These are realities. 
It's more than you can do yourself. You need other people. Reality number one to face is you need other people, and they're different than you are. So if you're going to face that hard reality, you need to get to know who these different people are, what they have to contribute, what gets their internal juices flowing, and then organize their workflow around those. Well, Carl, I think we live in a savvy age where the hard facts about working with people isn't a surprise to any of us. And I never hear more complaints and groans than when I hear employees talk about the team building exercises, the trust exercises oh, gosh, yeah. that they had to go through in their, in their job that really amounted to nothing. It was just this waste of time. They didn't go through with what they wanted to do. And basically all the responsibility was on the side of the employee and blah, 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 blah. That's what I call being techniqued. And people know when, whether you're leading or whether you're techniquing them. And, uh, and that's what's happening with a lot of companies who employ those team-building exercises. No comment against the exercises themselves. It can be very valuable. But the leadership themselves have no commitment and no interest in participating in what the implications afterwards are going to be. So usually ideas that come out of the HR department, that we need to build trust, that we need to involve more people, and it's kind of imposed on everyone. And or a leader will allow it in order to get people to stop complaining or in order to get them to, you know, you fill in the blanks and um, are not sincere about really wanting what it's going to cost them in terms of different styles of, of teaming afterwards. Right. So that, that distrust is um, often well-warranted, often well-warranted. And it gets back to the, the bottom line of just not knowing how to measure the value of getting somebody's maximum performance mm-hmm. out of them. But you can measure the cost of an hour that you let someone go home early or the cost of overdrawing a week of vacation and you don't want to, you, know, you want your ounce of flesh for that time instead. And it, um, but there isn't a way of cont- of counting and quantifying what you lost in the way of energy and motivation and commitment to what you're all trying to be about. That's true. I I think you're right because most people see right through any sort of management speak and they, they, it really unmotivates them to work. They don't work as hard. They don't, even if they're people with integrity will get a job done, but it's almost like the enthusiasm, the creativity really gets deflated. Exactly. I don't know how many supervisors try and use active listening skills as a means for getting people to stop complaining, mm. but they really aren't listening at all. They're just doing the nodding and the stating back what was said to them in order to get the complaining to stop. And when they don't follow through and have a uh, relationship or a conversation with integrity, they, um, you know, they're frustrated and the complainers frustrated because they feel they weren't listened to. Another whole area where there's not integrity in the relationship it's going to cost you your employee completely has to do when people decide to go it's time to go ahead and leave there's no no one listens to me here it doesn't matter who's sitting in my seat and they're off to getting another job and we need ways to quantify what people what it's costing companies in turnover and there we're often so glad to get rid of the negative aspects of those people that we don't realize how much knowledge just walked out the door, how much of our time it's going to take to train someone new. 
and how much we're going to lose in the time it takes a new person to get up to speed in their own learning curve. And those can all be quantified and need to go into the decision-making when we take a hard look at the hard facts about working with people. Well, let's get to the specifics of these hard facts that we'll be covering in our series. And what do our listeners have to look forward to in the next couple of weeks? Well, we have several. One is that hard fact number one is that people need the opportunity to contribute and make a difference. It needs to matter who's in their chair and that you can articulate what they bring to the table and they have an opportunity to bring it. Hard fact number two is people need an opportunity to learn and develop. It's a hard fact about people that we change and we mature and we grow. And if in our position there's no opportunity to learn more, to contribute more, to expand responsibilities, people will get bored, they will get dissatisfied, they will leave, and you'll incur all those turnover costs. Number three, third hard fact is people need an opportunity to connect and belong. That it's we want to work together, we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and know how we fit in to the larger picture. And if we are isolated, if we are not acknowledged, if we are not appreciated, our contribution diminishes. Well, I'm really looking forward to going over these topics and really doing it authentically and with a way for people really to learn from these things. Because, you know, as a consultant, I think it's very hard for me to hear that people have had really bad experiences with, as Mm, you said, being techniqued to death. And that it hasn't really helped them instead of just kind of made them even more dissatisfied with their workplace. So I really look forward to kind of uh, actually helping people out in making authentic changes in their workplaces. So I thank you, Carl, for bringing these up for us to talk about. Good to talk as always. I know. We'll see you next week and we will be talking about contributing and making a difference. And as always, uh, check us out on our website at www.boldenterprises.com. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.